Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul. I am your host, Mr. Hayes, a.k.a. CEO Hayes, a.k.a. the Red Bearded Assassin, a.k.a. the Dad by God. Hey, I know, why as podcasters do we have so many AKAs? Like, if you just really pay attention to the podcaster slash creative space, like, we have a lot of lot of nicknames or AKAs or whatever that is. It's, it's something that's interesting. But nonetheless, if you want to follow the podcast at the top, make sure you follow us at Awaken Soul Pod. You can also follow me individually if you choose to at CEO Hayes, that's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. And if this is your first time joining the Awaken Soul Podcast, you guys are in for a treat this week. Because I have a very special guest, somebody who I'm very familiar with, who, you know, in this creative space, like we meet a lot of other creatives that we collab with, that we work with. And not always do we get the chance to like meet and connect with them face to face. While this episode was not recorded face to face, I did. I did record this with Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast, who is somebody that I have kicked it with face to face in New York at Afros and Audio. Um, We've always had a great vibe, great connection. I think our uh, podcasting ideals are very similar and our execution and like what we want to do with our platforms are very in line and in tune with each other and because of that we've always really really collabed very well so that is a great uh conversation it's actually a conversation that i invited her on without the idea of what the topic was going to be because i just knew that we were going to be able to have a great conversation no matter where that it went and it turned out even better than i hoped for um but before that we do have the in the mind of hay segment that's where i go off on anything that's actually on my mind at the time. This week, it's not actually too dark and twisted as my mind can be sometimes, but that's it. So enough prefacing. We're going to get into our intro music. On the other side of that, we're going to jump into my mind in the In the Mind of Hayes segment. I'll see you guys right after this. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my dad. So this In the Mind of Hayes segment isn't going to be a long one, right? This is more so me working through some of my ideas. I wanted to hear from you guys before I turn this into a full episode. Now, it's probably not going to be the episode next week. So maybe actually two weeks until I follow up this In the Mind of Hayes segment um, with a full episode built around this. And that is, I kind of want to talk about how narcissism reacts to create creativity, right? Um, and some people may hear that. Other creatives may hear that and think, what? And, you know, narcissism is something that's talked about more and more common and is often only attributed to men. Um, and I get why and I understand why not 
we're not diving into that on this episode, but uh, but the the intersection of narcissism and creativity is one that really interests me, and it's something that I think it interests me so much because you know that once an idea gets stuck in my head, it kind of it kind of it, it's hard for me to let it go until I I either create something about it or have an episode or get to have a full fledged conversation about it. And the reason why this interests me so much is because when you think about it, right, narcissism. Let's be First, be clear, it is a very real mental health issue. But when you think about it, and I I think I think I did an episode on this. Maybe I prepared one. There is a positive side of narcissism, especially if you can control it. And when you think about how that relates to creativity, just think about it this way. For us as creatives to think that somebody's going to want to listen to what we have to say enough that we present it, package it and release it out to the people, promote it. That is could or could be viewed as a slight form of narcissism. The way that I relate it back is that if you think about it this way, there's always somebody in every group of friends, well, usually, maybe not every every group of friends, that no matter what, whether you guys are watching sports, whether you guys are watching like whatever on TV um, and see professionals doing it, they're like, you know what? That's not so bad. I think I can do that. That is and can be viewed under the light of being narcissistic. And us as creatives have a little bit of that. And so when you think about it as well, like not even, let, let's double down on that. So if you take the creative mind and how it works, not only do we think that what we have to say is important enough to where we put it out, like I said, package it, sell it, you know what it means, uh, that, that you do that enough, but you also have this expectation that people are going to enjoy it. And then when they don't enjoy it, we're constantly checking numbers. We're constantly thinking, well, if I do this, people are going to love this. Um, and I think there's there's a positive and a dark side to how narcissism relates to creativity. And we'll talk about that when we get into the full fledged episode. But it's just something that it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Um, And when you think about how some creatives work, like right, like the difference is and I always call it the Kanye mindset. When you have the difference between everything I make is great um, versus I want to make everything that I create great. Um, And then also when you think about the fact that, like I said, pe- how people People are going to love this or when you don't get the views that you think or recognition that you think you deserve for your creativity and what you're creating, then how does that relate to us? Like a lot of a lot of creators will look at that as, well, why aren't they getting it? Or I just need this. or I just need that instead of really kind of internalizing and think how they need to change. Maybe it's their marketing, how they need to repackage their product or what they're what they're going after. Um, And so it's just one of those those things that it's just it's it really, really got stuck in my head and I could not um could not let that go. And so when you think about like like I said the creative mind, the narcissistic mind. There's a lot of overlap there. And let me know if you guys feel differently. Um I would love to hear it if you guys if you guys do or don't agree just because it's uh it's it's something that, you know, I and I, and I want to save a lot for the full episode cuz I really want to dive deep into this and narcissism and creativity. And I want to if, if I can find a guest who I feel like can maybe offer counterpoints or kind of go along with where I'm going with this topic. I may have a guest. Maybe if I can get another therapist online uh, like I've had before, I, I, I just I would love to do it. It's, it's, so let me know um, when you guys hear this episode. If you want to write in, you want to uh, email me. It's the waking at gmail.com. If you want to DM me about how you think the narcissism and creativity overlap or where they intersect, so to say. And uh, it'll be an interesting conversation to have as I flesh out that full episode um, and go into that. The next thing um, that I want to talk about, and this is is maybe I mean, it is dark. Right. And and this is more so a cautionary thing. I know a lot of people at this point have seen uh, the cu- the couple in Pennsylvania uh, that was shot and killed by a man that they were uh, it's over snow. They were like shoveling the snow into his yard and it got into a back and forth. 
Um, and you know, the guy tried to walk into the house. They were still antagonizing him, saying, fuck you, X, Y, Z. Came back out with a gun. He shot the man. He shot the woman. Uh, and then he, he walked walked back into the house. Some neighbors came in to look on them, and he came back out with an assault rifle. Killed both of them, went back in the house, and killed himself. And the thing that I want to talk about from this, I don't want to focus enough on the death. It's sad. It sucks. Uh, prayers out to their family. But the thing is, is that as someone, I've been very self-described as a hothead. Uh, for a lot, a big portion of my life. Luckily, I grew out of that. It took time. It took effort. It took work. It took being um, intentional about like re revamping the way that I look at the world um, to really take some of the hotheadedness out. And you know, it, we talked about it a little bit on my brother's keeper with me and JB, where JB actually related a story to where he used to be the guy who would get out the car in traffic if somebody cut him off or something and 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 start an argument or whatever. And um, also the, the movie Unhinged with Russell Crowe kind of deals into this. You never know what demon somebody else is battling with. And I know we have the cliche thing of be kind, treat people, whatever else. But even even if and I'm not saying to go to that length. Right. Even if you feel like I'm not going to go out of my way to be kind to anybody, that is your right. But let's not go out of our way to be um, to antagonize anyone either, because all it takes is one bad day. All it takes is one bad day within a bad life, within a bad season of life, whatever you want to label it. Um, and you could push somebody over the edge. You never know what the last straw for somebody else is. And especially when we live in a heightened time, we're, in, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. The pandemic is not over. Um, we're in winter, which depression and mental health issues rise at an all-time high during this time period. But even outside of that, you want to think and be conscious of the way that you interact with people. Because like I said, you never know that little slight push could be the one that pushes them over the edge. And now they're taking out possibly years of stress, trauma, and whatever else they're dealing with and take it out on you. I would hate to see anybody that I'm close with lose their life because they're talking shit to somebody who really, at the end of the day, if you just let it go, let them talk their shit. Even if, if he was still talking shit, what does, what does, well, how does that hurt you? You're probably not going to be thinking about that an hour from now. And to get on my Maddie Pace shit, shout out to Maddie Mo for I mean Maddie Pace from the Maddie Mo show. Um, he's one of the most motivational people ever. So if he was actually on the podcast a couple episodes ago. But the only the thing that we have to lose in this life is life. Uh, and he said it on the episode: money comes and goes, friendships are made and broken, all the other stuff. But like your life and what you do with it, I would hate to see anybody lose their life because of an interaction that could have been avoided if we put our pride to the side sometimes let that person go off sometimes it is what it is drive off the, that couple what where it is it is wrong that they lost their lives i'm making sure that i say that what happened to them was 110 percent wrong but had they just gotten their car let him go off went about their day three people's lives could have still been Two for sure, because like I said, who knows what de demons he was dealing with. He could have decided when he woke up that morning, that was the day he was going to end his life anyway. So the, the, time, the moment that they pissed him off, he was going to take those motherfuckers with him. You never know. But those two people could have kept their lives, and it sucks that they did. And nobody deserves to have their life taken away from them over any type of argument. But we don't live in a perfect world, unfortunately. And you never know what demons, like I said, people are dealing with that they could take out on you. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. Like. Prayers to each in this I, in every episode on that I love each and every one of you guys and that is truly how I feel. I've told you guys before if it wasn't for the awakened soul and the listenership, I truly feel you guys have saved my life in a bunch of ways. Uh, go and check out uh, a couple of my old episodes um, uh, to 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 hear how I've talked about how my audience has really helped save 
my life and having this platform has. And, you know, if, if my words mean anything to anyone, like just try to calm down. I know it, it's hard sometimes. It's, it's, it's hard for all of us. But let's try to put our pride to the side so we can stay alive. That's all I got to say about that. Um, so we are going to go ahead. I promise you the rest of this episode is very it's it's fun. It's enlightening. It's deep. Um, with Stephanie from the Mocha Mendes podcast. Make sure you guys are supporting her as well. Like I said, the Mocha Mendes podcast is on every podcasting platform just about. Uh, and, you know, her her uh, links and everything will be in the description of this to make sure you guys support her. She's one of the most insightful people. And I actually, in this recording, I tell a story of how she completely changed my outlook and educated me on something in one of our first interactions that I have forever been grateful because it's informed how I look at politics in my life going forward. So, uh, Definitely a great conversation to have there. Um, yeah, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a break. We're going to get into some music on the other side of that. Uh, well, we're going to get into an ad from another podcast, then some music. And on the other side of that, we're diving into the main discussion topic uh, with me and Stephanie. And the one, this one is titled, Your Mama Loved You, But She Didn't Raise You. We'll see you guys right after this. Peace. Being a mom is probably the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. I have my own company, but I'm a mom first. A younger mom, it's not an experience like any other. When you're young, you're growing with your kid. You're growing into that identity. Developing and creating a community of moms that are basically sharing information with one another so that we can be stronger moms. Perfect imperfection, beautiful chaos, doing the best you can every day, falling down nine times but getting up 10. As long as you are led by love, you kind of can't lose. Moms coming together to share information so that we can be great parents for our, our children. Us being the change we wanted to see in the world. Young came into resistance. Podcasting royalty in the building. First of all, <laughs> I I, I, I want to hype this one up because we don't get to record as often as I would like. Um, because I do love hearing you talk. I love your opinions. I love what you bring out of me. Uh, you were one of the first people, like as a guest that come on came on, that really challenged my thinking on something, uh, which I appreciate. And, and you drop knowledge, like, Ooh. I, 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 and I'm gonna get to who it is in a minute. You guys hear a voice, but like. I remember we did an episode together and it was still in my first year of podcasting. Um, and you explained to me how like pay attention to the way the black women vote. And I had never, never heard that before. And at mm. this point now it's like, it's some, it's some, this whole election. I was talking about it, this whole upcoming election. And like, you really huh. said something to me that completely fundamentally changed the way that I, that I looked at voting in, 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 in this country. So that's made you, you may not even wow. know that. Um, I had no idea. Wow. So, so that was an, ama I, uh, an amazing intro. Uh, that is Miss Stephanie Williams from the Mocha Minutes podcast. What's going on, man? Oh, how are you? I just, oh, I'm warm now. I'm usually always clothed, hence why I brought out a 11-year-old <laughs> Snuggie. And people be like, where did you get a Snuggie from? Girl, I've had this for like 11 years, okay? <laughs> I've had a very long time. I even wa I watched it recently because I did my, um, 
my laundry and I was like, oh my God, it smells so good. And it's gotten softer. I'm like, ugh. But yeah, I am good. I'm just, that just warmed me up. You know, I, you know, I adore you, Hayes. You know, you I do. And you, and it's funny because, you know, we I've, I've had a lot of guests on this podcast. There's a lot of people that I've worked mm -hmm. with, collab with. But it's different when you meet somebody face to face. And like when we met in New York, like that energy mm -hmm. that we had when we recorded, it was tripled. Like it, it wasn't even like it. Right. Like we, like we, and, and it really felt like family. And like we've been cool ever since then and you you know mm -hmm. if you no matter what you do if you need me there you want a few people that i'm gonna be there i'm gonna find a way even in the panoramic um come on come yeah, on yeah. dance in this patty cake okay <laughs> but no and, and i know people are gonna listen to it and be like hey he's just trying to hype up his guests or not but for real like your energy is something that i feel like for those who have gotten to experience in person they can't help but to be changed by it. Or you leave an impact for them because... Have you talked to Taria from what else is going on? Because I, I feel like y'all like exchanging notes because that's my not. girl. I have not. But yeah, it's it's real. It's real. And I... And you know, people come and go in this podcasting game and like... Right. I I may stop podcasting at some point as much as I love it, but like I feel like he's gonna turn into an actor. He's got a second short film coming out. I'm like, oh okay, come on, Michael B. Jordan, come on out here, man. And, and I know um, what y'all about to say. I'm like, that's not the person. Y'all better leave Michael Bakari Jordan alone, okay? <laughs> Let him be pretty and act. I, man, listen, I don't understand why people are hating on Laura. Like people are so people are so weird because everybody wants happiness. Very weird. But then when they see it, they immediately question or throw some shade on it. Like, let them people be happy, man. She is so beautiful. I think it's so interesting that we are in this thought that when it comes to black women, they gotta struggle with love. It's always gotta be a struggle. You always gotta settle or take three levels down. And I'm like, so first of all. No Tino shade. Lori Harvey went one level down with Michael B. Jordan, but that's neither here or there because I think she's just stunning. It's like I don't Wait, know what it she, is, but you think she's like level she, down. I, I think I'm talking about looks wise. I'm just kidding. There's just two pretty black people, and I enjoy them. And Michael's like, let me tell y'all asses something. Y'all gonna stop acting like I don't like black women. I'm gonna post her pretty ass all over my Instagram. I'm like, oh, I see what you did there, Michael. Yeah. We're going to leave you alone for a minute. It's fine. We're we going to leave you alone for a minute. We're going to see how long. And so Lori get tired of your ass. Yeah. We'll see. She's young, so we'll see. But but they, they are a beautiful couple. And I love love. Like, I'm somebody, Same. like, in, in my old age, getting older, like, seriously, yeah. I love seeing people in love. And that, five years ago, if you would have told me I'd be saying this, I would have been like, you lying to me. But I really do enjoy mm. pe seeing people in love, no matter if it's temporary, if six months from now they going at each other on Twitter. That moment, yeah. like I, just, I just love seeing people in love because this, it's rare. Yeah, it is, and I and I just I'm the same way. At you know, at our big ages, we're like, no, we just want to see people happy, and also I don't like seeing people struggle, and I don't like attaching struggle to blackness i'm tired of y'all because mm. that's what happens when we have non-white friends it's like oh i know what it's like to be black because i live in the hood so first of all fuck you second of all do not think that because you are in my neighborhood in my zip code that you can walk in my shoes baby you don't you can't match my rhythm and you can't take my blues so what you won't do is actually equate it i'm like stop acting like if you have to pay you know instead of 198 for your food as opposed to 384 for your food that you know what it's like to be black you don't the, the, the thing that i always to, to double down on that point right mm -hmm. shameless is set in south side of chicago i don't know if you watch mm, i hear things i haven't watched Shameless. amazing yet. show i hear things about that but 
the shy is also set in the south side of Chicago. Mm. So anytime somebody tries to use the whole I live in the hood thing, when you mm. look at the completely different perspective, and both those shows are written by people who also grew up in the south side of Chicago. So when right. you look at the different perspectives and the different ways that people we live, even in our struggles, it's mm. completely different. Like Shameless is a comedy because white people can have comedy in their struggle. Black people, on the other hand, our struggle like we find enjoyment out of it because that's what you mm-hmm. do when you're in a hard situation. But it's not funny yeah. if you look if you take a real snapshot of people and black people living in struggle, ain't shit funny about that. Absolutely not. And I really we are when it comes to black people, we are if to laugh to stop from crying were a people. Mm-hmm. That is black people. Like we gotta laugh about this shit. We gotta have gallows humor about our walk in one, this world. I can't even say just America because black UK strife, I don't know what it is. South African black strife, I don't know what that is. Caribbean strife, I don't know what that is. And everybody's strife is different. different. Like I was in a clubhouse room and the title was a troll title. I didn't, like, I can get this as a troll because it was what is wrong with black women? And there were people in there talking about blackness and they wanted to talk about the diaspora. And one of the people and for the most part, it was like she was fine, but she was like, you know, you know, for black people, we don't, you know, we don't unite and do things. And then she brought up white people and it's like, and, you know, they unite. And I was just like, uh, it took me 20 minutes to speak because a lot of other people spoke before me. And I said, so the first point is I need us to stop comparing ourselves to white people mm-hmm. because we're under this impression. They really, really, really do unite. I'm like, can I'm like, that's not even historically accurate exactly. because. Every white person in this country now, if your parent, if your ancestors immigrated here, they were not white. Italians were not white. Polish Jews were not white. Exactly. German Jews. Nobody was white unless you were born in America. And then they realized their racism monster need more teeth. They're like, oh, Jews, y'all can come over. Italians, you used to, y'all can come over because they used to be right on them signs. They used to hate Italians just like they hated black people. Like, hello. And Irish, they didn't like y'all. We think that they unite. I'm like, yeah, not really. Because even like in an economic way, white people don't unite. It's like, like, I think someone's like, oh, y'all can call us crackers, but we can't say the N-word. So let me tell you the fallacy in your argument. You just said N-word. You didn't say the word. So you already know (laughs) you you done fucked up. It's like, you know, you can't (laughs) say it. But also do realize that didn't come from black people. We ain't make that up. You're rich ancestors broke it up. Your rich buddies, their ancestors made up the word cracker, not us. We didn't make up white trash. That was your buddies because when it comes to money, if you have more, you can treat people like shit. And it's like, and white people don't like, I don't want to be treated like a black person, but y'all keep telling us that we should just accept what we got. And you don't want to be treated like a black person. I want to be treated like a minority. So you realize that minorities are treated unfairly. Yeah, yeah. Is that what we're doing? And people don't realize that how how they speak on things exposes their own biases. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's something that I do want to bring up to you. This is going to talk about even within our community. But I want to Mm -hmm. say I want to say on this for a minute is that to be an ally. I I understand why some people do it. I'm not saying this is all universally. Some people think to be Mm -hmm. an ally, they have to do that. Oh, well, I know to be an ally. All you have to do is, is honestly say. I know as a white person, I could never understand what you go through, but I'm tired of seeing you guys go through it. That's all you need to be an ally. You don't have to do this whole thing of I understand and I hate like I get it. Like call out the bullshit, but you don't have to placate to us because we know what the fuck we go through. We know that. Right. 
You don't have to placate mm-hmm. that to us. We, if, to be an ally, support us. Stand on those lines with us. Protest with us. But we don't need you to try to act like you all of a sudden understand what we go through because you you just can't. You can Just like we can't understand some of the things that white people go through, you can never. I don't give a damn if you live amongst black people for 20 years in a row. You can still never truly understand because our blackness is not something that we can take off. No matter where Correct. you go, you're white. No matter where you go, you're white. You don't get profiled the same way that we do. We can't take our blackness off. So that's that's something right. you can never understand. Absolutely. They can't. They can't understand it. And when you explain that, they just go, but but like you can't be an ally and center yourself in it. You cannot be an ally and center yourself. You're not an ally. You're using this for clout. I'm like, I we don't need clout chasers. We don't know we don't need people walking up and down on us. We've had enough of that. We're done with you. Absolutely. Like I don't need you to say, oh, I know exactly. I'm like, I don't think you ever will. You don't understand. You never will understand. And it's like, I need you, to, I need y'all to stop. It's like, I don't know what it's like to, I am a cis woman. So I don't know what it's like to be a trans woman. And I don't know what it's like that every so often, like clockwork, because it's our, I think we're up to six or seven or eight trans, black trans women who have been killed in 2021. It's crazy. And so it's like, I don't know what it's like that if I, I may open up my Twitter, depending on who I follow, who's in my timeline, who's in my Instagram, and I find out another black trans woman has been killed. I don't know what that feels like, especially when you still have people going, well, you're not a real woman anyway. I'm like, so first of all, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Second of all, just leave them alone. I'm like, uh, I don't, you don't Listen. get to tell somebody how to identify. I'm like, I don't like it. I don't care. I, I don't know, like, because my Twitter <laughs> I don't is, like that y'all putting sugar and grits, but I let y'all live. <laughs> Listen, I'm a sugar and grits person. How dare see, you? See, oh. See. <laughs> but my, my boo so-so is, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave y'all alone. I, y'all, y'all seem very versatile in the grits because y'all like grits are savory because I like it with my shrimp. But I also, in the yeah, morning with yeah. my toast, I put a little sugar in it with the butter. Exactly. So I get it. I'm like, I... I for verse grits eaters, I'm like, I'm gonna leave you guys alone. <laughs> <laughs> but so, and this is something that, like, to go back to what I said, how people expose their biases. I tweeted out, mm-hmm. it was it was about a month ago at this point. I said, I, I had a tweet that said, when we talk about b- black women needing to be protected. We need to mm-hmm. not forget about trans women also need to be protected. Look at the number of trans mm-hmm. women who lo- who lost their lives. While mm-hmm. most of the response I got to that was overwhelmingly, you're right, whatever, there was a couple of, of course, black men who then commented stuff like, well, if you, if you like trans women, just say that. And I had to correct them. I'm like, see, that's the issue is that you think that women only need to be protected according to your attraction to them. So me saying protect all trans women because that's the way that your mind works, you will automatically think that I'm attracted to trans women. I'm not. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that when you see somebody disproportionately losing their lives, if you're not moved by mm-hmm. that, that's an issue. Yeah. And so, so it's like... I, ooh, go ahead. No, it's just go like... Ahead. like and, and, and that's the thing that... And again, there are, I would there were a lot of black men also who commented like you're right. So I, I'm not going to try to put this all on yeah. all black men, but seriously, I, I, that's just something that I've that I've noticed is that people seem to think that only people that they're attracted to deserve their protection. And as men, as kings, as leaders, if we're not protecting yeah. our people, what the fuck are we really doing? Hmm. What happened? I don't know what he's saying. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. It just froze up like, damn, his point was hot as shit. <laughs> it blew up the internet. <laughs> so can I just tell you what I've realized in my big age? For a lot of black men, their relationships with black women have always been transactional. 
even to their mothers. It's kind of like, if I get something, I get something back. You know, it's, it's always been transactional. Any woman that's around them, it's a transactional relationship. So for them, it's like, the only way I could do something for a woman is if I'm going to get something out of it. And that has always been, and we don't realize it when we're young. We don't realize it when we're in our 20s and our early 30s. It's like, you got to be like mid to late 30s and then your 40s, if you're lucky. Um, I've, I've seen others and I'm like, girl, I need you to use that read code for talk space because some of y'all <laughs> need a therapist. It's like, just, girl, get a therapist. It's like, what are you doing? Baby, stop this. So it's like for a lot of men, it's transactional. If I can't get something out of it, I'm not going to help you. Because it's weird to see how some of the guys are saying, who say, not all, hashtag not all men, because Lord have mercy, um, <laughs> where men say women are gold diggers, but in the same breath go, look, if I spit, if I get her a medium rare steak, I better be getting some pussy tonight. So, but you just said, but you said, like, y'all don't realize how fucked up that reasoning really is. It's like, you can't possibly be nice to a woman. And if you are somebody like you, if you are somebody like a consciously, or you're somebody who's like been speaking about this and you, people are like, man, you just simping for pussy. So yeah. y'all are really proving my point that you think your relationships with women, friends, family, romantic, whatever, it's just transactional. If you can't get nothing out of it, then I don't want it. It's like, that's so, so when a guy does that, it's like, they treat him like he's a unicorn. I'm like, yeah. that's very interesting. Like at a young age, my father would show me stuff on the car. He showed me how to check oil. He showed me how to change a tire. And I think I asked him once and I said, why do you, why do you show me how to do this? And he's like, cause I don't want you dependent on no man. I'm like, mm. And he's a man. And so it's like, when, there was a big thing on the timeline when, when we used to say men are trash. I'm like, y'all do that. And y'all just hearing it from other women. Please believe indirectly or directly or subtly. We heard that from other men. Yeah. That's the gag. A lot of men know men are trash. Just like a lot of white people know white people are racist. I'm like, please stop thinking y'all don't know that. That's why y'all won't let your friends date your sisters. And some of us need to, some of us have come to the realization that at one point we were trash. Right. You're like, man, I used to, I'm like, yeah, right now, for the, all the guys who were reformed men are trash. They're now compost. <laughs> it's like i can use this it's better it's, it's been recycled <laughs> you're no longer trash your compost compost has a purpose but i think a lot of it is like you just realize it's like damn i knew this damn i knew this damn i, I didn't even notice this it's like unplugged once you unsee stuff once you see it you can't unsee it you can't unsee stuff you're like damn that's how we act it's like even when you hear queer black men who say i don't like going to the barbershop and it's like, why? He's like, I don't feel safe. And you just go, now, I'm not a man. I haven't been in a barbershop on like a consistent basis. But every so often I've been, if I had to go with my brother when he was younger. And, oh, I remember some of those conversations. So I, yeah, it tracks. Yeah. But you're in a barbershop. So you're like, that, uh, that's wrong. It's like, is it though? <laughs> is it though? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like it, and, and it's like waking up in the matrix, right? Like that, that moment that he told Neo that uh, deja vu is actually, you seen the matrix repeat itself. And then he started noticing mm -hmm. that that's really what it, what it becomes. Like once you, once you wake up to certain, certain things, it, mm -hmm. it you, you start seeing the world differently. Um, yeah. And so yeah, we need more brothers to not only come to that place because I think more, more times than not, some people of course, way earlier and some people way later than others come, come wake up to that point earlier but we need mm -hmm. to speak out on it we need to call each other out on the shit i have this whole iron sharpens iron and if men Correct. aren't men aren't willing to call each other out because they're worried about being you know 
labeled as a simp or whatever else, whatever people try to call for you not to call men out on their shit. But we need we need to get to a point where we're comfortable in calling our brothers out and shit because that's the only way we're gonna we're gonna be able to improve and that th- thus improve the lives in the way that our women can live and feel protected. Correct. I really enjoyed uh, when you talked about beta men and here men came literally out of the skylight like Batman. Like first of all. You don't know what he's like. So you're proving my point. Okay, have a good day. I mean, I don't know. I didn't call you. Yeah. I didn't call you in here to be a jester in my court, but yet here you are. It's like, oh, okay, you're just proving my point. Men don't like to do that. It's like they don't like. Look here, don't be saying this. I'm like a lot of the conversations we have are in-house conversations, and when it comes to protecting black women, y'all need to have a conversation. We are like. We're tired of telling you this because I I get what people are saying when they say women need to be armed. When are y'all going to have the conversation of we need to, why are they arming themselves? Why would women have to arm themselves against us? Nobody wants to like get to that part. I had put on my Facebook a meme of a girl that was holding a um, cardboard sign that said, when are we going to stop telling women to choose better and tell men to be better? Mm. And this man who never comments on my Facebook, we're Facebook friends. We used to work together. I barely have seen his ass. He never comments on my shit. He came out of nowhere and said, yeah, if these women doing all these challenges and y'all ain't have no respect for yourselves. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking? What does that have to do with anything I just said? Now it's like, and my mama raised me. Obviously she did not. Your mama loved you. Your mama didn't <laughs> raise you. Let's be very clear, because there's a lot of black women that subscribe to that thinking. Oh, I'm going man. to love my sons and raise my daughters. I'm going to call her a bitch probably, but I'm going to raise her so that she can be like domestic. Because apparently for a lot of people, that's how you measure women. Can she make me dinner? But then also saying, I'm tired of eating chicken Alfredo. Nigga, didn't you just ask her to make you something? Now you being choosy? Go get, get on Uber Eats and order your own fucking food. It's like, I don't... I'm like, what's wrong with having chicken Alfredo? And I, I know how to cook, but I'm not doing it for some man. I'm doing it because I like to cook. Exactly. So it's like... Uh, and there's a woman who just don't. And then if you say you you don't like to cook, what kind of woman are you? The one that can afford to eat out? i don't know i love it i love it i love it i love it now you guys see why i had to have her on i love it i love it um <laughs> that should be that funny it's like i don't want to say you mad because i got money to eat out excuse me i want to split the bill child these date conversations <laughs> always take me out i'm like i have to ask your your your, your question because this is this is shit that's been coming up more and more on social media. Kevin mm-hmm. Samuels, is that his name? Why does that name sound familiar? The guy who like invites women on his show and then he like basically oh. dogs them. Oh, that fuck He's like, why are y'all doing this to yourselves? First of all, sir, you're not even remotely um attractive enough to even say that. I don't even give a damn if you were attractive. First of all, who the fuck do you think? I- well, I mean, you think you a 10, but you really like a four. I can smell your breath on here. You can go to hell. But and the, so again, Kevin, he he is somebody who he he got ignored as a as a kid mm-hmm. or growing up. He oh, thought he tell. thought he thought that getting money was going to get him was going to fix that for him. He got mm-hmm. what he thought was success 
People still mm-hmm. found him corny. So then he built a whole platform t- tearing down women. He is the he's when I talked about beta males and false alpha males, he's the mm-hmm. picture perfect example of that. He tries to present as an alpha. He's really a beta. He's he, if he's even that. And the issue with with what he does is, and I know he does bring men on too. But if you notice mm-hmm. how he talks to men. He a he also only does other beta male males, and he will never challenge an alpha male. Like it, it bothers me because people like him, and then there's another dude called Jay Black, have built their whole platforms off tearing down women, and it's like this is what makes y'all feel like y'all in a leadership position. This is what makes y'all feel like y'all alphas by mm-hmm. just tearing down the people that we're supposed to be protecting. And they and the and it's the mindset like that they they're the other type of people who feel challenged because the I had a whole episode where I broke down this this dude Jay Black's theory because he 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 had a, a episode in which he pointed out how when you give women let women have more opportunities they lose their femininity. Man, I was pissed off. <laughs> I know you was. I know you was sitting there oh on fire. Like, I, I know you. I know you were vibrating. Like, oh. if I don't get on this mic and talk about this, I'm going to explode. I'm like, oh. have you lost your mind? Every time, it's like, why are y'all sitting here acting like? Sometimes you just go, are y'all? Y'all are not well. <laughs> now I need to know what strain y'all are smoking because exactly. you're not well. It's so interesting when we talk about men and dating, they're always talking about a woman's birth. I'm like, why should she be worthy of this and worthy of that? Y'all not having the conversations like point out why you are worthy of submission. Mm-hmm. You like y- y'all don't. A lot of people don't want to have that conversation about some like submission. I'm like, so I need you to stop cherry picking words out of the Bible and think you understand. Because you don't understand what submission truly is, and a lot of us don't. And it's like, but you can just work towards partnership before you want submission. It's like, mm. and also realize that a lot of black women have tired of submitting to fools. It's like you just might, I just want to lead. If you are leading me down a uh off a cliff, then I don't need to follow you. You don't know y'all don't know what y'all doing. Some of y'all don't know how to write a check. Some of y'all don't know how to balance a goddamn bank account, but you want her to just like, oh, I know you are a COO and you got three degrees, but can you step down to my level so I can fuck you? <clears throat> no. Have a good day. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stepping. Like, y'all want women to dumb themselves down. The demographic that is the most educated or seeking the most education are, mm. is black women. Yeah. When it comes to entrepreneur, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, <laughs> it's black women. Yeah. It's like, and then it's like, oh, can you slow down? No, baby, you can speed up. I'm saying bolting this shit. You need to hurry the fuck up, okay? I'm like, I'm. It's like it's so tiresome. I'm like, you, you think it's okay to tear down her looks, but if I talk about your raggedy, that one little raggedy tooth, and how your beard and your mustache don't connect, or the fact that like your regular that number seven that you get at that same barber school, not shop school is looking very whack you're like well first of all you're fat baby i'm still fabulous i still got my shit together i can do bad all by myself i don't need to dra- don't subtract from my life add or multiply it's like i don't need to struggle with you a lot i'm like you a grown-ass man i'm not here don't do it it's like oh my god women they need to nurture our feelings how if you don't nurture our feelings 
I have a therapist. What's your problem? And see, you the got health insurance? And the thing is, is black men don't understand, like, for protection, we're supposed to protect not only physically, we're supposed to protect mentally, we're supposed mm-hmm. to protect emotionally, we're supposed to protect spiritually. But, like, mm-hmm. you, you got to be in touch with your own emotions to be able to protect somebody else. Emo- like, as we got to stop with this thinking that we got to be a wall thing to be to be hard. Like, there's nothing... Oh, I got to str- be hard. This is be the man. I'm like, no, that's a robot that is not a grown man. Exactly. Exactly. And like it, it just and I'm so happy that I'm raising emotionally intelligent boys. Like my my 14 year old. Like I, I, I love the fact that he is one of the most emotionally intelligent people that I know. And I'm not just saying for his age. I mean, period. The fact where he is at 14 <laughs> literally took me to almost 30 to get to that emotional intelligence level. And that's because I had a father. My father was great, but I had one of those fathers that were the very typical you don't feel, you don't show emotion, shut the fuck up, put dirt on it, and whatever. And I know he did that. That was his version of trying to make sure that I was going to be mm-hmm. prepared for the world. I understand that, that that that's what he was trying to do. But we are the first generation to understand the true importance of mental health. What do I look like putting my... Like, I know the program, and it's the years it took me to break that program and then allow myself to feel. Part of the reason, and this mm-hmm. is just me being honest, part of the reason my marriage failed we loved each other but i couldn't i was not pouring into her emotionally and we both had issues the way that she needed because for the majority of the time we knew each other i wasn't in touch with my emotions so i i i can only mm. only think about like how that had to leave her feeling as the person next to me to, to be crying out needing me emotionally and not the fact that i didn't want to do it i didn't know how so Mm. We got it. We got to get back in touch with 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 our emotions. We got to be able to do that to be the the natural born leaders that we that we can be to be the best version of that. You have to be in touch mm. with your emotions. You absolutely you, you do, and it can't be that I'm only going to get emotion. I'm only going to pour into her if I can get something again transactionally. But I think what you what I see, and I'm glad that you are giving your child space to feel because that's the other thing. It's like you are raising um, children in a millennial age where even still in 2021, we don't let kids be kids. Mm. It's like our black children are like adults at 10 years old. And I'm like, yeah, no, (laughs) it's like, I I can't do this with y'all. Like, I don't understand. It's like, why are y'all okay? It's like, it's okay for them to cry. It's like so many years we told black men that we're black boys that you can't cry. You can't show emotion. It's like, that's, that's that's some bitch shit. It's like you ain't no female, which mm, done. I'm not having this conversation with y'all about female. Not a goddamn other time. I'm like, I'm not. I'm doing. I'm not doing it. But we don't allow men to feel. And then they say, why can't my woman just take care of me and be my therapist? Because there actually are people who went to school for therapy. If I got to get a therapist, you do. Yeah. You do not see no women walk around like I just want my man to you know be my therapist. Notice we ain't saying that. There's obvious reasons but there's subtle reasons that we don't want to discuss because we said uh, somewhat some not all men batman jumps out of over like first of all don't be putting us all in a box also this is why i don't date black women i what oh what? my jesus don't what? even get me started on that what it's like i need y'all it's like when we talk about the how did these non-white women get into these spaces? How did they get here? <clears throat> Y'all bring them. <laughs> and then when we say something, we are called bitter and we are haters and we hate them. So after a while, we stop talking. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I don't understand how Rachel got in here. I had to get into it with a woman. I was like, oh, please believe me. If you read her book, you'll understand. It was because of men. 
Have, nobody didn't clock her blackness. Oh, yes, they did. But when they did, they were called haters. That happens a lot. It's like, why I someone put up a, a TikTok and they did the comparison of how people were talking about little baby's baby mama versus Iggy Azalea. Now, when it came to Iggy, they were like, oh, you poor thing. And oh my gosh, this is so bad. Little baby, you bitter baby mama. Why are you doing this? It's like, we're doing this to our own women. It's like, wait a minute. So this white woman who had so this white woman, this Australian white woman who got a fucking black scent and she's from fucking Australia and y'all bought her fucking music can like get the sympathy and empathy y'all don't extend to black women. And then at the same time, like y'all don't support us. And it's like, so when are we going to have that in-house conversation? I'm like, I like, I get it. We can't have these conversations with other ears and eyes around because it gets diluted or sugarcoated or people are like, we should recognize who's in the room. If you're going to be in my room where I have to express my feelings and my thoughts based on my experience and you telling me I need to make it so you can feel better, you can leave out the room. We are done with trying to coddle your feelings. History is taught to coddle white feelings. The reason why a lot of y'all thought that Watchmen made up the Tulsa Massacre is because it's not Man, fucking taught. Listen. It was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Y'all built this up. It's like, you. so, hi, hello. That actually did happen. And it's They're disgusting. Like, really? Yeah. It's like, what? I'm like, y'all want Juneteenth to be a federal holiday and y'all don't even understand what Juneteenth was. I'm like, I need y'all to understand what happened. It's not a, oh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal to black people, especially Southern black people, because they had been free for like two years and nobody told oh. them because y'all didn't want to educate black people. That's why they didn't want y'all to fucking read. That's why they didn't want y'all to vote. It's like, this is why they start, because one, black men had to vote before black women. So black men started putting more black people, black men in. They're like, oh no, we got to start having like, y'all going to have to start getting the voting tax. Y'all going to have to start catching these jelly beans. Y'all going to have, no, we, we need these niggers out. It's like, no, no, we're not going to do this. And then white women was like, oh, my God, we want to vote, too. And they fought for their right to vote. Black women were still there. It's like, oh, we don't want you niggers voting either. It's like, so why did you need us? Why did you need our help? Yeah. Oh, because we're organized. Oh, OK. All right. Interesting. It's like uh, we're everybody's help. But when we need help, we get the help from other black women. There was a, a red table talk. And it's like, I have my complicated relationship with the red table talk. Okay. When um some of the conversations I thoroughly enjoy, others are the conversation with Ti, and <laughs> Ooh. um but they had an episode where they had Carrie Champion and Jamel Hill on with them, and they were talking about how black women don't support each other, and I felt a way about that because I'm like my biggest supporters are black women, but I think it should have been prefaced with the the male-centered black women or women in general. And when you are male-centered, you have no problem shitting on other women because I tell everybody, all misogynists are not male. I really want y'all to understand. Oh, misogynist doesn't mean, right. Misogyny is not men who hate women. It's you don't like women. And there are a lot of women who hate other women and see them as purely competition. I'm like, girl, I do not want to go and eat chicken fingers with your boy Tyrone at the Applebee's, okay? I am not jealous of that. I'm like, I don't want your man. I don't, 
I'm not competing for attention with you. So that's where it is. It's male-centered women that are like, oh, I'll treat other women like shit. I'll shit on trans women. I'll shit on fat black women. I'll shit on dark-skinned black women. I Okay. I need to I need to ask a question because I feel okay. like I am very, very old. Okay. Which you're not. So <laughs> so I'm talking about for like slang. Okay. Because we don't even say slang. We say A A V E. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know what? I mean, seriously. So one of the things, so there's there have been two things recently that really showed me my age. Eight I remember I tried to get on TikTok and figure it out. I was it was the first time ever in social media. I was like, you know what? Y'all got it. Y'all got, got it. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna let y'all do that. Because I, I was like, this is way too, this is a business. <laughs> y'all got and I and keep in mind. I edit videos damn near for a living, and I don't get. Right. I, I can't get with the TikTok. This um, is why Jason will get all this money to do TikToks? Because goddamn, I'm like, you need to, you need to be rich. Because I'm like, they need to pay you. Because I, and that is bad, Hayes. That you're like, nah, y'all got it. Y'all got it. Y'all got Mm-mm. it. I'm, I'm good. good. I can't believe it. <laughs> y'all oh my got God. it. But then, like, ooh, go ahead. It's how people, all the abbreviations, and people have whole convey whole messages with emojis and and mm-hmm. and like abbreviations of everything. And I'm just looking at the shit like I have literally no fucking idea what you just meant by you this. Just said like like I gotta go to Urban Dictionary. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah, it's like I, I don't know. I feel like what the kids be talking about. That's how I feel. And I'm like, I know I'm not that old, but. Danny Lee's song "Yellow Bone." I was sitting here like, when when did we stop calling light skinned people red bones? But we're at yellow bones, and I'm like, okay, so is it me? It's like, is yellow bone a thing? Someone brought up that Beyonce said it in a song years ago. I'm like, mm-hmm. obscure one time that Beyonce said it. Yeah, I don't know about that. But I feel, I feel like uh, it's been becoming more of a thing since then. Um, okay, yeah, okay. You know, we we didn't we didn't say yellow bone. No, I was like, we said red bone. I'm like, yeah. we, we, and, and Donald Glover's song red bone is not that old. So I'm like, yeah, I don't, but also how are you going to let this non black woman put out this song that is not uplifting anybody. It's just to shit on his baby mama. And then she actually feeding y'all that lie. It's like, bitch, I know you fucking lying. I'd have beat her ass. It's like, no. I choose violence on this. I'm like, what you won't do is sit around trying to shit on, um, he like yellow bones. Um, I know he got sexy lips and I enjoy looking at his lips, but what you will not do is sit here and think that I'm going to let you shit on darker skinned black women because he put his dick on you on a regular. Mm. Mm. No. What do you think? Okay. So what do you think about, so we, we talk about colorism often, right? And the Mm -hmm. Danny Lee thing, I completely get. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not put, applying it to that situation. I'm just saying mm-hmm. generally. When mm-hmm. we we very often if somebody has a preference for the lighter skinned black women, we not we I'm saying we as a culture, not me and you, will mm-hmm. will call it out reference colorism and and how that affects darker skinned women, but very rarely if somebody has a preference for darker skin, do we throw out the same colorism comments. What do you think about that? So, I think it's because of the concept of colorism. So colorism is a detriment to darker skinned people and mm. always a benefit to lighter skinned okay, people. That's fair. So I think when it comes to that, when we think about, cause mind you at my big age, I still remember when it was Wesley versus Denzel. 
It was Team Wesley and Tim Denzel. And people are like, what? I'm like, y'all don't understand. It was a thing. It was like, it wasn't it's even like It's funny you say that because I didn't remember it until you just brought it up. But yeah, it definitely was a thing. And I and it was funny because I was Team Wesley. So this is hilariously <laughs> funny. But it was like, y'all think Denzel's sexy? I'm like, obviously, y'all have never seen him in that movie with John Lithgow where he is shirtless. And it's literally like, the only Ricochet? movie he's ever shirtless. Yeah. Ricochet. Yes. I love that movie. Yeah, that's it's it's like a, it's so it's, it's so good. Yeah. It's really, and yeah, really it's good. like, ooh, he's like shirtless and in his underwear. Y'all missed it, but you know, it's like everybody had their pick. It's kind of like when you think about colorism in that framework, that's why a lot of people don't see it as like a back and forth. Okay. It's more because color that's how colorism works. It's a detriment. And people don't see it as a detriment because fetishization is a detriment to darker skinned black men. Because you, it's like you look at like the ebony porn. If you look at porn categories, it's like you only like him darker because you have in your mind it's like darker men got bigger dicks and they fuck all the time and they mandingo and that's what we think about. So it's like on one, it's like detriment is like a big big catch all for me. Okay. And also for dark for black women, it's like if you're darker, you're seen as more aggressive. You're never seen as assertive. You're always seen as aggressive. You don't be a fat black woman. You definitely will be seen as aggressive. Mm. You can't like communicate without it being like, oh, hold on, stop attacking me. I was just saying this and I'm not. I'm like, OK, so I'm not attacking you. Even if we look at the activism space, you look at some of the activists who get to be in the room. There are lighter skinned black people. And not saying that they don't convey the same messages because they do. But sometimes when you're a little bit lighter, your messages can be conveyed and understood and digested without someone going, oh, well, I can't agree with this darker skinned black woman because this. And it's like, OK, all right. And it's like the discussion. So when we talk about preference. Preference is a it's a very interesting thing. If your preference is rooted in bigotry and discrimination, it's not a preference. But if because I prefer the summer, that doesn't mean when the winter come around, it's like, fuck this bitch and I hate it. I mean, I say that if I fall and bust my ass on some ice, but that has nothing to do with winter of the season. It just has to do with people who don't put salt down on the street and then I fall and bust my ass like this is home alone too. My son, <laughs> listen, my we had we, it's, it literally snowed here from like Saturday to to Wednesday at one point. Um, what? Yeah, it was ridiculous. The oh. Ohio Ohio winters. Um, oh wow! My son made it all the way from the bus stop, literally two steps away from the steps to go upstairs. Slipped and mm-hmm. busted his ass. And he he got up he got up so quick he got up about as fast as he as he fell down and he was like Sorry. and he he was like. I'm all right, and then just walked in the house like, <laughs> like I'm good. He's like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I, I say that one time if you're over a certain age and you do one of those home alone falls, <laughs> and I mean it's like, just let me leave me here, bury with me with my ancestors because I can't get up. It's like I can't. I literally fell out the door of my house. <laughs> I have no idea how that happened. That like hilarious. I have. No idea how that happened. Colorism is so, so I actually, and I have to set the recordings up. I actually am doing another conversation series. So I did transphobia in the black community last year. I'm doing colorism this year. Um, And so I'm involving a few um, black women because I want to talk about colorism. I'm also including my mother. 
Oh, because wow. for her, and the thing about it, she is somebody for, they didn't have the term colorism. And if they did, it wasn't really, you know, passed around. It was just that it was just called shitting on darker skinned black women. Mm-hmm. And it was just called people tar baby. And you are as dark as the street, which she's not. <laughs> but that was like the ultimate insult. It was like, uh, you are black and ugly. Oh, Okay. It's like, well, so I wanted to have a conversation with um, black women, specifically darker skinned black women to talk about colorism, because when we have these kind of conversations in our community, sometimes people are just shushed. And I also want to have trans black women, because if we look at the deaths of trans black women, a lot of them are darker skinned black women. But that was the conversation that people didn't want to have. It's like, oh, we're just going to talk about them dying. I'm like, yeah, but I need you to understand what's going on. And so I wanted to um, circle back to your point about protecting black women and how the conversation is going. Mm-hmm. Protecting black women. So that woman that was, I think it was in the Bronx and she was like, somebody bit her in the eye, which I don't even know how, I don't even know why you would do that. And yeah. then I saw Sunday like flooding this, um, I don't know if it was a bodega or a gas station. I'm not exactly sure which one it was. And it was like, yeah, we got to protect black women. I'm like, you do realize a black man did that to her. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you I don't need reactionary. I need proactivity when it comes to protecting black women. So when black women talk about sexual assault, they talk about domestic violence, they talk about, yeah, I only go to a gas station during the day because I don't want to go at night because sometimes I get, you know, harassed at the gas station. There are definitely videos where dudes like, I was just trying to be nice to her and she wouldn't even smile at me. It's like, and so I don't have, I'm sorry. I'm not a clown. This is, Ringling Brothers hung up their hat. I'm not a clown. I ain't got to smile at your ass. And it's like, I'm also wearing a mask. Go to hell. Go to eternal hell. (laughs) Just bypass. Just go right there. You don't need to see no angels. You don't need to see Peter. You don't need to see jack shit. Just go to fucking hell. I'm tired of y'all acting like we got to be nice to you. That's the only way you can hear messages from women. Because in some way we've told, we've taught men and also white people that the only way that you can respect them or acknowledge them or acknowledge their message is that they're being nice to you. It's like, I got to say it sweetly. I got to put some sugar in it. It was like, no, the fuck I'm not. Get your shit together. Y'all need to have y'all black man's meeting at the next meeting. I know it's probably on, you know, the docket for y'all to talk about, you know, why LeBron is not the greatest. That's on every meeting. Apparently mm-hmm. I get it. It's on the agenda every, every month, yeah. put it on your agenda. Like, why don't black women feel safe with us? Why do they not see us as protectors? Why are they not leaning on us? That's a fact. Why is that? Why does that every black woman knows another woman who has been sexually assaulted, but no black men don't know any rapists or sexual assaulters? Mm. I'm like, that's not even completely yeah. possible. It's yeah. like, that's not possible because one, you have to reckon with the fact of, okay, so maybe I don't understand consent. Kobe didn't. Yeah, He was very honest about that, which is why it's like, I kind of liked Kobe. And even when he got kicked out of um, SAG, he was just like, no, I, I get why. It's like, that's fine. That's fair. I, I, I get it. It's like, I, I did something pretty fucked up. And they're like, no, we shouldn't. Like, don't talk about his, don't talk about his past. I mean, I can almost guarantee you every nigga that said that, I'm like, yeah, come back to me when Donald Trump dies. Y'all gonna have a list of shit. Not that you shouldn't, but I'm just saying, we only do this when it's our fave. We only talk about cancel culture when it's somebody we like. When it's not, it's like, oh no, <laughs> cancel this bitch. G Money, cancel that bitch. 
But when it's somebody you like, it's like, why are we not extending sympathy and empathy? I'm like, you don't extend it the other way. Chrisette Michelle to y'all are still canceled, but you got to hear Kanye's new album. Y'all not canceling Wayne. Y'all not canceling Kanye. Um, that little gremlin, Kodak Black, y'all, ain't, y'all seemingly not canceling his ass either. But yeah, Chrisette Michelle can't sing at a party that the president wasn't even fucking at. It's like, oh no, she's canceling it. How dare you? It's like, y'all giving death threats to Gail King. Y'all ain't even sniffing in Charles Barkley's direction. <laughs> it's like, and Charles been Charles was chased out of Baltimore, okay? So that still boggles my mind. Like, you do realize Baltimore is like, you can get your big ass out of our city. Who the fuck you think you are? Yep. Bye. Get out. But y'all can't say nothing to Charles Broccoli. Y'all not saying nothing to Shaquille O'Neal. Y'all ain't saying nothing to Magic Johnson. But Gail King doing her fucking job. And, and I changed it from fair to legitimate. It's like, it's a legitimate question. Is it fair at the time? No, it's not fair. Because literally still mourning the death of a person. Is it a legitimate question? Yeah. And that's part of it. And you know who would probably say that? Kobe Bryant. Because <laughs> that wasn't the first time he's... That's that's not... It came back up when he won his Oscar. Yeah. It came back up. I'm like, this is not new. I'm like, everybody knew it. A lot of people just don't remember it. Yeah. We're at age where, like, we remember what it was like back then with this. Because he was Kobe. Exactly. It's like, this is Kobe fucking Bryant. It's like, it's a big goddamn deal. <laughs> it's like I'm sorry I hate you I hate that we have to say it like this but it's true and it's like I mean when you, when you talk about somebody's legacy you need to, we, we need to talk and be honest with the, the, the bad as well as the good because in talking about the bad you can show the triumph in the fact that he was able to learn from that and when we, when we try to skip out past the bad we also skip out past the growth i hate trying to present people as just these perfect people like they didn't like they didn't have any growth like no we need to see that that's why i like the movie selma so much is because it showed mm-hmm. that it showed that it, he you can still affect change by and not be a perfect person and that's what cancel culture will almost have you think at this point you have to be this perfect person to want change and that show that you don't have to be we need to see the bad as well as the good absolutely because i think with when you think about cancel culture and the one it came from the queer community and it it wasn't the way that we're using it so of course we're just taking their terminology and i mean we've taken so much but it's like we're taking that as like oh this is what it means and it's like so here's how you don't get canceled when you actually address it correctly, mm-hmm. you got to be a Lupita Nyong'o who is like uh, going doing press for us, and uh, the disabled community said you just said something that was really offensive. And what did she do? She didn't say, "Oh, y'all misinterpreted." She said, "I did not communicate effectively. I did not give a good description of how my process was." And I am sorry, and I apologize. And notice that shit went away so much so that the same place people were like, "Oh, we weren't saying canceling her. We weren't offended. That's not what we're saying." And it's like, that's very interesting. That's how you don't get canceled when you actually fucking address it correctly and actually realize it's like, I don't care if you said it ten years ago, five years ago, eight years ago, twenty-five bajillion years ago. Don't care if it comes back up. I don't care when you said it. I don't care when you did it. It's how you address it. It's like. I said this 20 years ago. I did this 20 years ago and it was, it was fucked up at the time. I didn't realize it was fucked up. I realize that now and people are seeing that now. And I apologize because my words have hurt. My actions have hurt because when people hear apology, it's like they, they wed intention with hurt. 
Mm. And you don't need intention to hurt somebody. You could be running down a hall with a knife. You walk past and stab me. You didn't intend to stab me, but I am still bleeding. It's like, you don't have to intend to hurt somebody to hurt them. You don't. And it's like, oh, oh, I didn't intend. I didn't. That wasn't my intent. So you shouldn't be mad at me. I'm like, I'm still hurting. So that's not how that works. Whether you intended to or not, you've just hurt someone. And that's what you're like. I hurt you and I apologize. That's it. That's it. It, And if you have to keep giving multiple apologies because people keep saying stuff, it's like, you're going to have to do it. But they're like, look, I already apologized for this. And I, I'm not even addressing this. And it's like, yeah. So a lot of y'all that's like looking at certain black men is like, Oh, we need to not hold him accountable. He already said he's sorry. I'll raise y'all Mel Gibson, Donald (laughs) Trump, George Zimmerman. I got a list of people that I'm like, yeah, y'all never let them forget, but let y'all buddy. Um, who calls himself the mayor of, of Atlanta, say, do something. Like, uh-uh, no, y'all lying. I'm like, see, this is why women are anonymous. This is why they don't say nothing. This is why Nelly's alleged I went, accuser I went on rant about that last that. week. Yep. It's like, this yep. why, that's why, it's like, she was just like, I just don't want this. It's like, excuse me, Derek Rose's alleged accuser got outed by a blog, mm. which is so fucked up. And everybody's like, oh, Derek Rose. I'm like, yeah, y'all really are, mm. Everybody don't understand what consent is and we can be very honest. Also, you can have all of your, I'm like, oh no, he do too much for the community. <clears throat> Bill Cosby had a whole bunch of goddamn scholarships for people. He's still a terrible person. Yep. And he got away with it for years. Decades. Lifetimes. Like, right. like longer than some people were on this 40 planet. or 50 years yeah, like they so. have been told the same goddamn story and I get the whole thing with Tia I don't get it because I'm like 34 people can't be all wrong yep. ain't everybody it's, lying on you like that's, 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 that's let's just let's just take it back to what mom mamas used to say back in the day when you'd be like no nah, mama they, everybody ain't lying on you just period it's it, not it, everybody everybody ain't lying on you um, right absolutely not so and y'all can walk that back. It's like every it can't possibly be thirty four people who have legitly probably never met each other, mm-hmm. all telling similar stories or the same story. And then that like that one jackass who was like, "See, I went in there and told a story, and look, she she posted. I just lied to her. So why are you thinking that makes her look bad? Mm. Why would you actually do something like that? This is why women don't say anything, and this is why sexual assault rates are very high with black women. Highest is actually indigenous women. So it's like I, when it comes to certain things, I'm like, I don't want to be first in shit. Mm. When it comes to this kind of thing, I'm like, I don't want to be the number one block of sexual assault. I'm like, yeah, I don't. I, I kind of don't want that. I don't think anybody wants that. That's like, I, I just, this is why they don't say anything because you're like, well, no, these, these women be lying. I'm like, do y'all even know the stats on like false accusations and how literally it's, I'll, I'll give you to like maybe, Three percent, yep. and I'm being generous. <laughs> and also, it's like, what, what are y'all doing? It's like, what are y'all okay? Like, y'all just trying to tear this black man down. So, so uh, him of all people, like of all the the like uh, in 2021, we trying to tear down Clifford Harris. <laughs> in 2020, in 2021, girl, we trying to get out the house and go places <laughs> and eat in in public, and we like, nah, hell, I'm bored in the house. In the house board, board in the house. Ti, it's like no, girl, we not doing it. And it's like all of this is not new. All of us have heard s- stories around this about them for years. 
She is an example of a male-centered woman. There you go. And I don't know if you remember this when it came to Escape. When I was in high school in Escape, Tiny was, and this is some, yeah, it is colorism. Tiny was considered the pretty one because she was light-skinned. Yep. That was it. A lot of people were like, was nobody hardly did. Never, was like, never the prettiest one in that group. And it was just like, y'all, and everybody's like, oh, Candy's so fine. I'm like, Candy really kind of looks exactly like she did when she was first in Escape. Mm-hmm. It's just better hair, better makeup, but the face ain't really done changed at all. It's like Tiny was the pretty one because she was light-skinned. People are like, oh, she she the pretty one. I'm like, why is she the pretty one? Oh, because she's light-skinned. She's just light-skinned. It's like Lisa Nicole Cloud's husband, Darren. Um, He's not pretty. He's just light-skinned with a mole. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's so (laughs) rude. Well, he just got a mole, okay? Which I'm doing. And this is why this is why I love <laughs> Steph, because uh, she calls it like it is, and then you, you you're you're honest, and you 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 have a perspective on things that you look at everything. You call out men, women, anything in between, and that's and that's what's fair. You have a lot of people who like they pick a certain group to call out or have their issues with, and you've never been like that, and that's what I always love about I, you. I try not to be. It's like, oh no, everybody can get this nuance too. Okay, <laughs> everybody can sit at my table and eat. I was like, I need a purple table. I'm like, because there's a lot of people I want to sit down at the table. I am not Jada. I'm not here. I'm like, let me tell you why you fucked the fuck up. <laughs> there you let me it. sit, baby, sit down. It's like I need you to understand. I want you to look at it a different way. There is nuance to a lot of this. Yep. It's like I, I can't. It's like there are a lot of women I'm like. Baby, it's okay for you need not to be centered in this when it comes to this body positivity thing. I'm like, I love my body. Well, you're a desired shape. We're not talking about you. You can love your body. No one's telling you not to, but it's like, uh, no, it's like everybody can get this nuance. It's like, we're people, all of us. It's like, we're people when we're like, we, we do fucked up shit. It's like, sometimes we fuck up. And I would hate to be the person to um, say, nope, I'll forgive. Forgiveness is weakness. I ain't doing that shit. If you if you fuck with me and you hurt me, fine. Fuck you forever. It's like, I would never want to be that person because if I fuck up and all of us have that one time that we have fucked up royally. Yeah. And we're like, shit, I just want people to understand. Please, please talk to me nice. It's like, please, please don't kill me. Please don't harm me. Please give me some sympathy and empathy. It's like, you want the sympathy and empathy that you won't extend. I can't do that. Like, I can't do that anymore. Because that really being unforgiving is, or not even capable of hearing someone out and being forgiving and being magnanimous. It's like, I can't be that person. It's like, I, I just can't, I can't do it. It's like sometimes you, you, I've noticed that sometimes people can give information and have certain conversations with people that they like. They know it's like, if this was a stranger, I'd cuss this person out. But because I like you, I'm a, I'm a take it to a different place. Yeah. And I actually like take the care, but it's sometimes it's like, I've, I'm like, sometimes I can take that care of like a strange black woman on the internet that wants to talk to me about trans women. I was like, yeah, I'm going to just talk to you a little bit differently because I'm really not about shitting on black women today. That is on Thursdays at 345. But today is Saturday. And so I'm not going to do that to you. So I'm like, I, I'm going to talk. I'm going to try to talk to you nice. And I've heard people say, I'm so glad because people on here on Twitter, I was like, yeah, so nobody owes it to you to be nice, especially if you say something that offends them. That's a fact. It's like, so I don't have to be nice to you, but I'm just going to do it. 
Everybody's not Stephanie. Everybody's not Hayes. It's like most of the time we were like, I'm not reading that shit. Fuck you. I'm not going back and forth with you, nigga. I'm yep. not doing that. It's like, yep. I'm not That's doing it. this. I'm I'm just I'm just gonna block you because obviously <laughs> I ain't got time. I, that. I ain't got time. Well, no. Stephanie, I want to thank you for your time, your effort, the knowledge, <laughs> everything. Give them your social media. Let them know where they can check you out at. Oh, so you can find the Mocha Men's podcast wherever you find podcasts: Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Castbox, uh, iHeartRadio. Um, Working on, I believe it's on Audible if you find it. Everybody, if you had a podcast, you were on Luminary if it's not dead by now. I'm working on Pandora. You will not find, you may sign literally the first two episodes of the Milk Events podcast from like almost uh, four years ago. Love me through it, beloved. That's all I say. Mm-hmm. But SoundCloud is for the rappers and the DJs, it's not for the podcast. And I'm glad a lot of people are realizing that, unless you do. 10-minute podcast is where you should be. If you want to follow the show, all the handles are the same. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Mocha Menace. If you would like to follow me on uh, my personal Twitter on (laughs) when I... Don't look at my likes, y'all. And don't judge me about my likes, about that silhouette thread, okay? Y'all men was like, y'all, y'all should have never let the silhouette challenge get that big because the only <laughs> the only fans dudes, not the women, the dudes, they literally are showing their um, whole ass and their whole yep. dicks up on the internet. I'm like, you know what? This is great. So follow me on Sunny Twote that. <laughs> we talked about, yeah, this is fine. I, excuse me. They do this for a living. They're on the OnlyFans. They sell the penis. <laughs> so good to hell luck, everybody. Like, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, so I I I'm so I'm a I'm a straight black woman, but I also like seeing titties. So I'm not gonna tell y'all. I enjoyed watching the busted challenge, which was like, fuck y'all for going after Chloe. And I'm like, so yeah. don't do this. <laughs> this is like, I'm sorry that you didn't realize your sexuality until you're 47. She's I, I'm sorry. Hey. Do it. Please do. I'm like, stop telling black what was like, yeah, no. Mm-mm. I'm glad she's realizing this now. She can do whatever the hell she wants. I don't care what woman does it. I saw a woman who was um actually in a wheelchair doing it. I'm like, bitch. Yeah, shut I, this I, shit. I, I, I posted Damn. that one. Yeah, get it, get it. I'm like, oh, she won. She won, <laughs> y'all. Y'all can hang it on up because sis served. So yeah. I'm an equal opportunity luster, like um the person who says he is um very innocent. Listen. I'm a virgin. <laughs> I'm a virgin. Um, you guys can follow that's, me at CEO Hayes. Okay. CEO <laughs> Hayes. Uh, that's CEO H A I Z E, where you can find all the wholesome and virgin tweets. We hold virgin Bible study once a week, every Thursday at 7 p.m. on Twitter. You guys can catch me. I'll leave that. Um, you can follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod or at the Awaken Soul Pod. Uh, and, and that's it. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, the Awaken Soul Pod at gmail.com. We are the number one podcast for the culture. And this week, we're out. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Hold some-